Hey guys, Tucker here, co-host of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. Before we get into this week's show, I wanted to let you know that we're currently looking for more projects. So for any of you guys that listen to the show that may be an agent or otherwise that have a property that you're looking to sell, we'd love to hear from you. Obviously, we're looking to purchase properties that are maybe not best suited for the retail market or maybe they need to be redeveloped. So we do renovations and we do new construction so we could buy an existing home that maybe it smells like cigarette smoke, maybe it hasn't been updated in decades, maybe it's got some fun functional issues, some problems like that, or maybe it's just in an area that is best suited to take the house down, partition the lot, maybe build a couple new homes, or just build one new home in its place, and anything in between. So if you guys out there in Listenerland have anything that would be best suited selling to a development company like ours, we'd love to hear from you. You can go to our website, which is ttmdevelopmentcompany.com, and when you go there, there's a contact us tab. Click on that, and you can send us a message, and we'll get back to you shortly thereafter. We'd love to hear from any of you guys out there that have a property like this, and hopefully we can do a deal together. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. All right, everybody out there in listening land, welcome back. This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast. I know it's been a little while, but we got businesses to run. So we're back. This is episode 109. I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Steve Nassar, and uh, we got a wonderful guest for you. But before we get into that, what's going on, Steve? Hey, thank you for uh, the introduction, Tucker. Excited to be back. It's a beautiful, sunny day here in late February. Um, I would say it's kind of like Black Friday we're doing this interview on, though, really. <laughs> I, <laughs> gosh, can you believe it, Tucker? Like, wasn't it like New Year's Eve? Like, I remember New Year's Eve going, wow, the economy's great. Everything's at all-time highs. The real estate market's great. Like, what could go wrong? <laughs> How quickly things change. We need to do a, uh, we need to do an upcoming state of the market podcast maybe we'll get joe fastolo on for that one <laughs> and uh, you know who else we need to get on the the air is and i told you this earlier in the week when we talked tucker is we need to get kurt von wasmuth back on <laughs> here he's, yeah he's lucy you got some splaining to do <laughs> yeah yeah he's uh there's a firing squad lined up for... <laughs> it has been a rough week for rmls my gosh i to their credit, and I will be nice. Kurt, if you're listening, I will be very nice because I've been a licensed realtor now eight years. This has never happened since I've been a realtor. How long have you been? Well, Carolyn, how long have you been a realtor? Uh, 14 years now. All, in, all here in Portland Metro, right? Yes, correct. Have you ever yes. seen RMLS like it was this week? No, no. It yeah. was an absolute nightmare. It slowed me up with, from my appointments, so it was very frustrating. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so for, to be fair, Kurt, 14 years and this has never happened, so you're, you're allowed a hall pass. You're allowed a, a get-out-of-jail free card, but you would, it would be interesting to hear and get you on the show in the coming weeks when, when you're um, out of the alligator pit and uh, everything's back to normal. We'll get you on here so you can kind of tell us the, what happened and why it happened and what you yeah, there was some that. there was some venom being used <laughs> on the master's forum i'll tell you what i just grabbed the popcorn but holy hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so um uh, one other thing i was going to mention we are using a new recording st um tool today 
in the past for our listeners, we've always used Skype um, in our virtual studio where we each log in and we uh, do our show. Today we're using Zoom. And um, by the way, the clarity and um, the, the picture is um, way, way better. Did you know Zoom stock is up tremendously? And I, I, interesting factoid, Tucker, um, they have had more people sign up for their service in 2020. And by the way, we're in February 28th today than all of 2019. Any guesses as to why? I'm going to give you your thunder and let you roll with it. Yeah. Coronavirus. Like everybody, like all over the world, people are staying home and video conferencing. Oh, well, yeah. that makes sense. Cause it they're is one that. of the few stocks that are rallying big time. Big, big. What well, is a great technology. We've been using it for a while now. I said, I said, Hey, let's do it on, um, you know, this show as well, but yeah, it works great. So um, good for good for Zoom because everybody else is not having a good day. So. Yeah, um, they so with the cool thing with it is you don't have to have a, an account, right? You just send a link to somebody and they just click it and boom, That's you're it. talking. Super and it looks like looks like you can have a few more people easily yeah. up there. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, why don't you introduce our guest? How about that? Because she's been sitting patiently waiting. Okay. Well, we did we did we did bring her in for a quick question, Carolyn. Yes. I'm welcome here. to the show. Uh, it's Carolyn Hody, right? Yes, thanks for having me. Um, so interesting story, Tucker. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, um, Carolyn and I have, I don't think we've ever done a transaction before, but we have, you have made an offer on a listing of mine. And actually here recently, in the past few days, I, we were texting about this confirmation for this podcast. And um, when I texted you, it's kind of, it's always interesting in real estate. This happens rather frequently. Sometimes somebody will reach out to you and go, Hey, can I show your listing on Friday? And you look back and you go, Whoa, you know, I, I, I did, I texted back and forth five years ago. You don't really necessarily even remember the, the, the interchange, but that's kind of how text messages are. They're just stored there forever. So I noticed that in 2004 or 2016, four years ago, almost exactly. I had a listing on read and um, I remember it very distinctly because I was in San Antonio when I was, I was there for a Zillow event, mm -hmm. um, an exclusive invite Zillow event. And uh, you, you and I were texting about it. We got two offers. You were one of them, but we didn't end up going with yours. And I don't remember why. Do you? Did? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Steve. I don't. Anyways, okay, so that, you that's that's. I have a better memory than I do. <laughs> I don't. I don't. The only reason I know this is because I read all the texts in that chain there. <laughs> um, but recently, um, I was at my gym where I work out, Twenty Four Hour Fitness in Tualatin, and it was one of those days which I don't do too often. But some some email came through that was one of those emails where I, I needed to reply to it, or I felt I needed to reply to it. I probably didn't. And it, it kind of sucked me in and I was probably sitting there in between sets typing for about 10 minutes. And all of a sudden I hear somebody to my right at the station next to me going, hey, you know, Steve, if you, when you stop working out and get on your phone, it takes you 20 minutes to get back up to speed or something like that, which yes. by the way is a Denise Wilson say, quote, right? You got that yes, from her because yes, she's been- We work with the same title company and yes, what I- what I said was, I said, hey, Steve, you know, when you are in distraction, it takes you 23 minutes to get back into flow of what your intentional um, activity is. Yeah. And, uh, I, and at that point, I looked over and she goes, and she introduced herself, Carolyn Hody. 
And um, I was like, oh my gosh, I know you. I've seen you around. You're a, a big agent in the area. You're, um, you're everywhere. I know, I, you know, we've come close to doing transactions before. So we haven't talked a ton of the gym. In fact, I'm excited to get to know you better here today on the air um, as we talk about you and your business and your background. You know, one of the things Tucker and I made a commitment to do last year, and I even told you this when, we were, um, when you and I talked on the phone about today, um, uh, one of the commitments we made was we want to get more of our female, um, realtors on, on the show. There's just, and not, and not just realtors, industry, um, real estate industry, um, uh, people, <laughs> Let's mm -hmm. that way. um, there's so many realtors, um, that are female, if not, you know, it's more than well, more than half. So, and there's so many great ones. So we wanted to, you, you and you are by far and away one of them. Um, so here's an opportunity to get to know you better, understand a little bit more about your business, what you have going on, um, how long you've been doing it and so on and so forth. So without further ado, do you mind if I start with some questions? Sure, please. Go awesome. Ahead. Tell us, um, Carolyn, how long have you been licensed as a realtor and, and what did you do before? Uh, yes, so I have been licensed as a realtor for 14 years. 2006 is when I got my license. And um, I just a little background on me, native Oregonian, one of the few and far between left here. And um, so LaSalle, George Fox, um, I was working as a dental assistant for a uh, number of years as I finished college. I was kind of a late bloomer, finished uh, George Fox later. And business was always, um, you know, my interest, my love, it intrigued me. And I remember uh, one day sitting with my late husband and uh, speaking about marketing strategies and kind of brainstorming and just sharing what I was, you know, helping the dentist and his office build out. And my late husband was in real estate uh, five years prior to me, Abraham Hoti. And he said, hey, I have a great idea. He said, why don't you take those ideas and help us move our business forward? He said, why don't, why don't we do that as a team effort? And I said, hey, that sounds great, I'm in. So that's what started me segueing into uh, my real estate career. And was he a realtor? Yeah, he was a realtor uh, with Remax is where he started. And he was over there at the West Hills office with Carolyn Green uh, for about uh, five years prior to me. Okay. And oh, five years prior to you. Okay. So he started probably in 01 or so. You were doing other things and he then pulled you into the business. Yeah, gotcha. he circled me in. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Absolutely. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so you're obviously doing very, very well, Carolyn. Um, I, I've, I ran your numbers. You're, you know, you're, you're north of 30 plus million a year. Um, you can't be doing it all by yourself. <laughs> so you must have some help around you. Um, we'll get to some of those questions, but tell us about how you did it. I mean, how long were you partnered with your husband? It sounds like that, that lasted for a while. What were some of the things you did to, to, to hit the ground running, to get business? Where did your transactions come from? Sure, absolutely. So um, so how it started out is he was, you know, very charismatic, um, 
you know, he was really, really awesome at um, shaking hands and kissing babies, as we could say, and that was really working well, and he started with the development. Um, one of the things that I knew that we needed help with was setting up systems of operations. Uh, I think a lot of us get into this and kind of on the fly start doing the real estate activities, but early on, um, and maybe just inherent to my degree and how I'm hardwired, um, I thought, you know, we really need to create a business. That is what is really going to move us forward. So that was my initial input. Um, and st uh, we started an e-newsletter right away. We started creating, um, I started working with him on creating drip campaigns um, and just developing out our, our systems and how this business would look. Um, as far as first transactions, I have to share, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I, you know, as a brand new agent, I had my, my shiny uh, realtor pin on my lapel of my jacket and um, walking through New Seasons grocery store, I walked up there, you know, standing tall with my shiny pin on and the clerk said, hey, are you a realtor? And I said, why, yes, I am. And uh, so she points over to the gal bagging my groceries and said, she needs to buy a house. And I said, well, fabulous. And we pulled off to the side and started talking. And a month later, we were in uh, our first transaction. Oh, wow. Good for so, you. Yeah. For you. So, so those pins do work. Those pins, you know, <laughs> they do work. I bet you never stopped wearing it. <laughs> After that, I should put it back on. Yes, absolutely. I've never been aware of those, but man, I, I, I do see the people and I get it. I get it. Well, it worked then. That's well, like yeah, the green master. Really, I'm really coachable. You know, when somebody says, hey, this works, um, I'm, I'm out there and I'm going to do it. I'm going to start wearing mine to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare wear yours. Um, there you go. Absolutely. Make sure you take a selfie too and sit on the <laughs> team while you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, we didn't talk about uh, Randy not approving of me sitting there um, emailing him. No, no. He would, he would crush you. If he saw you <laughs> yeah, so. He'd pick me up and break me in half. Yeah. Um, hey, so Carolyn, um, first of all, kudos to you. I, w I really want to commend you. It is such a, it's such a forgotten component of our business, the setting up of systems. Um, I actually just got asked by YPN, Young People's Network, um, PMAR, mm -hmm. to do a presentation. There's some 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 event at the Buffalo Gap. Remember the Buffalo Gap, Tucker? I think we. I did. I did speed dating there once, way back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> it didn't work out too well for me. But, you know. March twelfth. I think it's like four to six at the Buffalo Gap. To any of our listeners who are interested, I'm 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 going to be there. As will be a, a panel of a few other people, and my topic will be systems. It's going to be systems for success in real estate. It is such an important part of what we do. Now, I will say you can do a transaction or two or three without systems, but if you ever want to have any type of, and like you said, a business, something that scales, something that is, can be leveraged, you have to set up systems. It can't be about your memory, remembering to do something. It can't be about um, the feel of it. It has to be, systematized and organized so um most and i've known many many successful people who got into real estate and and did well early on that didn't get that 
I've never known somebody that hits a high level like you, Carolyn, that doesn't get that. Like that is such an integral part of doing a lot of business. Um, so I guess that answers my next question. I'll just say it anyway. I mean, what would you say is your superpower or one special thing you possess that would be your secret weapon? Would you put oh. that as part of it? Um, well, actually, I would say that my superpower, um, because we're talking about, you know, one thing, what's your one thing? And I would say it goes broader. It's tenacity is what I would say my superpower is in the respect of um, what am I willing to do to move us forward? What am I willing to do to get one property sold that has a geographical and savory? It's not your cookie cutter um, four person family home tucked nicely inside the neighborhood, all updated. You know, what am I willing to do to um, get through 2009 to 2012, which uh, was certainly a difficult time for all of us. Um, and I'm just kind of sliding back there. Um, my, my promise to myself, and maybe it was out of partly naivety because 2009, I was three years licensed. So I saw the highs and I saw the lows. But a promise to myself that um, I was committing to this industry and this career and that um, in my head, my voice said, failure is just not an option. Failure Burn is the just boats. not an option. Burn the boats, right? Yeah. I think that's a good yeah. point because most people kind of come in one foot in, one foot out, right? I think that's why the failure rate so high, not only on the realtor side, but Steve, you and I saw it on the loan officer side. I mean, it was, there was a high failure rate there as well because you're going into a straight commission business. And so people are like, I'll give it a try, you know, yeah. which is a very different mentality than what you're talking about, Carolyn. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it usually one year as a licensed agent? Like if you get past the first year, then there's a higher level. And then I would say probably the next marker is five. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 and Carolyn, that is such an important quality in our business. I think many people who are getting into it don't understand what it takes from a mindset, a, 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 a strength of mindset right. component. Um, there is, and we've talked about this on the show, Tucker, there, this is an industry fraught with rejection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Brought with failure. Um, if you aren't being rejected, I don't care who you are, how established you are, how good your reputation is, how successful you are, how big your page, how, how much you make per year. If you aren't being rejected multiple times per day, you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? It happens to everyone. Nobody bats a thousand. Nobody goes to every listing appointment and gets it. Nobody doesn't get ghosted in this business. I mean, we all do. Um, we have sale fails. I mean, gosh, we were just talking about it before we got on the air. I mean, I had one this week, right? Mm-hmm. What other business is there where you work, you do your job right, you do it well, and of no fault of your own, at the end of the transaction, you don't get paid. At the end of the job, you don't get paid <laughs> legally, right? Like there might be industries where, you, you know, a painter goes and paints an entire house and then the guy stiffs him. Well, he takes him to court and that's illegal. Mm-hmm. It's in our business, like legally, you can, they, can, they can terminate and you can't sue them and you did all the work and, and, di- and got it to the finish line and you don't get a paycheck. So you have to be able to move forward past that stuff. I mean, 
the element of the downturn is just a whole nother conversation to the to a whole different level about that. So mm-hmm. I totally get it, Carolyn, and good for you on in that regards. Um, tell us about. Um, did, I mean, let, let, let's ask you this, Carolyn. And you may have had a. I, I didn't know this when I was typing up the questions. You may have had a little bit of a different entry into the business because of your husband. Yes. So did you start kind of as a team member like buyer's agent and and you you were handed i mean you did have the one transaction that's a great question that's a great question so um funny he said um when he brought me in he goes hey now i just need an assistant i got this so if you can just do my paperwork and you know kind of you know help me out with this or that aaron he goes that's what I need the support as. And I said, whoa, wait a minute now. Um, You brought me in um, for the ideas that I was sharing and to help build our business. So this is going to be a team effort. Because he he had originally said, you don't even need your license. You know, I just need kind of a transaction coordinator for, you know, labeling here. And I said, no, 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 because I think we can do more. I see where we can do more of this. So let me get my license. Let's go together. I'm going to shadow you. You can be the front runner, but, you know, let me kind of bring in what I can do to um, establish our business grid. And so he said, hey, okay, do what you need to do. So we came in as equal partners. Obviously, he had, you know, five years lead of experience and knowledge on me. So the benefit of that is I got to shadow him for the day-to-day transactional stuff. But why I'm doing that, I'm bringing in, here's how we can set our platform for our business. Here's some systems that I think would be helpful. Here's how I think a transaction should look from start to finish. And that it's duplicatable and predictable. So while I was having this, these conversations, we're slowly implementing and putting these together. But I will tell you, kind of segueing into one of your questions, is starting out, I think, and I've told many people this, if you can latch on to a mentor of whatever that looks like and expedite that learning curve out of the gates, of just the ABCs of real estate, that will move you so much farther, so much faster than getting down into the weeds of just the day-to-day paperwork, shuffle, the how do I make a flyer, that kind of thing. And it doesn't have, you can find that in the brokerage that you're, you're with, you can hire a coach. There's so many ways that you can do that but that would be my first recommendation and just gave me the confidence to start thinking outside the box to move things a little bit faster versus getting sucked into the weeds of each building block of real estate. Yeah. 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 Um, I've often said that to new agents as well. And I, I agree with that. If, If you're a newer agent, I don't think there is a substitute first of all, for having a mentor, but second of all, maybe even for being on a team for a while. Mm-hmm. And because what happens is it, it's kind of the catch 22 of this business. People want to work with someone. This is their largest financial transaction. Absolutely. They want to work with someone who knows what they're doing. Correct. In order to know what you're doing, you have to have done it. Right. right? So that becomes a catch 22. So if you're walking up to people and saying, Hey, trust me with your most 
a expensive financial transaction. By the way, I've never done one before. Right. It's a, it's a very tough sell, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. But if you can, if you can piggyback onto somebody else's business where they, you're, 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 you're piggybacking the trust in that person. Right. They know what they're doing. It's their client. You now have a front row seat to work with that client and learn the business. Once you've done that for six months, a year, and heck, who knows how long, whatever, whatever's right, then you can go out on your own. Now the catch-22 is no longer, I don't know what I'm doing. You 100% know what you're doing. And so you can confidently walk up to people and go, okay, now I know what I'm doing. Let's, let's do a real estate transaction. So that is a great way to get into the business. I Correct. totally agree. Um, I'm curious. I got a question. So as you got started, obviously you, you picked up steam. What were you guys doing for marketing? Cause I think that's a big, like, I don't know. Agents just don't know. Like it's this big cloudy mud puddle of like, what do I do besides harass the shit out of people that are my <laughs> friends and family? Right? Like what, what do I do? Right? Like, so, I mean, obviously you had a lot of success with it. What, what were you doing? Um, well, I think, you know, at starting out in the business we were you know certainly working we we had a spear we had as as segueing back over to what steve was saying piggybacking on a team we already had our hoti team uh, a good base of a hoti team community so you know as we bring in new listings as we have success you know that goes on our e-newsletters that goes in our um, our traditional um, you know postcards that we're sending out. We're targeting not only our community but um, where we were living at that point in time. And you know, Nopo. You know, we were hitting um, over and over again because I think it's what seven touches um, as you're building your your brand and your recognition. So I would say we're being consistent and targeting not only our community that we built and are continuing adding to that community, but we're also targeting our successes and circle prospecting around those listings for success. And then, you know, we loved, we love to socialize. I, I still do. So client events, client appreciation events. So circling in your community, whether it's, um, doing a charity event where you're giving back into the area that you're working um, or just doing appreciation events. A lot of those I do at my home um, because I feel it's more personal. It's a great way to connect with people. We don't, you know, as a society in general, we're very individualistic and we don't, you know, I don't think most people entertain in their homes. So that feels a little more special of a, a connection. So those are things that we are doing consistently. I think building relationships, kind of an un umbrella look is number one, we're building relationships within the community that we've developed, uh, speaking to success, but also coming from a campaign of, we're grateful for the opportunity to be a part of our client's success. You know, we used to, old school was, Hey, look, you know, Hoti's did it again. But really, um, the success is coming from we get to. We get to be in what we're part of. Uh, we're, we're thankful for the opportunity and grateful for the opportunity for the people that have, um, you know, opened the door and allowed us to be there. So I think coming from a, a spirit of contribution 
and value add in um, classes that we give, in um, uh, client appreciation events, and just being active in our communities and being active in social events of theirs as well and highlighting uh, their businesses. So those are things strategically that we are doing that I think it's just a natural process that people are referring us because we're one of two top of mind. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like, I mean, it's multifaceted. It's, you had obviously some online marketing going on. You had some print marketing postcards and then really the big push was network marketing. I mean, that's where you guys are, you know, where you probably really succeeded. The rest of it just kind of helps layer in and support that. But you put a lot of emphasis into, um, connection with people, right? I mean, and that's, right. this is a people business. I've always said that. I think Steve, we've talked about it 8 million times on the show, but you know, houses are just the product, but it's really a people business. And so the more people, you know, and the more people that like you, the more opportunities are probably going to come your way, you know, especially in the, in the realtor seat. Right. Yeah, the, Absolutely. The biggest challenge is the getting of the snowball going. Once you start to have a few couple transactions, my experience was, <clears throat> once you start to have a couple transactions, you can really leverage those. If you get a listing, you start to op do open houses on it. You can circle prospect it. You can, once you have a buyer, you start to really, you know, you'll start to get referrals. I mean, <clears throat> once you have a listing, the sign calls start coming in. So the challenge is always, you know, the, the million dollar question is how do you get that first transaction? And Carolyn's case, you just go shopping, but <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Um, no, but, and that is the, the, the challenging part. One thing I did, um, and, and you said this, Tucker, I mean, it's multifaceted. It's not, but, but one thing I wasn't afraid to do and I, I and, and, and I had some success with was just like door knocking. I, I, what I did was I found another agent in the brokerage who had a listing. They were willing to let me do an open house. I made up a very attractive flyer. I, and I just went door knocking and, and if they weren't there, I'd leave it on the door saying, Hey, there's an open house here. What, please come visit. If you know someone looking to move into the area, we'd love to hear from you or them. Um, and by the way, if you've thought about selling, here's what we can do that. And that can be really powerful. People ask, they say, does door knocking work? Well, it does. And I'll tell you why, because everyone that you're encountering owns a house mm -hmm. and then it's a numbers game. You're going to come across somebody that, um, that needs to sell and you're there and you have experience with the area and you're obviously, um, you're, 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 you're aggressive and in a good way. So they're going to, you're going to have their attention. Hey, I got a follow-up question then. So Carolyn, in terms of like all the marketing that you were doing, which was great that we kind of understand it now, and I'm sure listeners do too. Was there a point where it felt like that snowball really started to roll on its own where you weren't having to really get back and push that sucker? But like as Steve <laughs> mentioned, it, it starts to gain some momentum, right? And it starts to roll on its own. And then you don't have to work. I mean, obviously you work very hard and so does Steve, but you don't have to work quite as hard for each new client, right? They come just kind of, it's almost magnetic in a certain way after a, a certain threshold. When, how long did that take you think before you got there? Um, or are you still getting that? I mean, we yeah. all feel like we're still getting that, right? Oh, but I mean, yeah, we're, we're all always, um, you know, keep keeping uh, moving the ship forward for sure. But I would say, you know, a, a little different, you know, from my, per, uh, well, we had a good amount of momentum going um, with us as a team. Okay. Um, 
in 2000, so you've heard me, and I'm not going to go into detail, but you heard me use the phrase, my late husband. Yes. So in 2009, I had to recreate this as my own entity, not as the team entity. So um, in going forward, I knew that with my capacity at that time, I really had to have those systems in place. I had to have the drip campaign in place. I had to have a minimum of 33 touches. You know, there's a lot of math equations, which I'm not, you know, that's not particularly my specialty, but there's a, there's a GPS, there's a grid, there's a roadmap. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. In fact, we have a, a team saying that, um, look at what others have done before you and are doing better in ROD, rip off and duplicate and make it your own. Okay. So I had to create these systems in place so that we were constantly connecting, not only with their community, but adding new people into that. So I just had a call, you know, again, to answer your question directly, I just had a call yesterday that resulted in a listing appointment. And she said, hey, I met you at an open house about six years ago. And not that this takes this time, it's various you know, different time ranges, but I've been receiving your e-newsletter. I see you guys out there, I see your signs. And she said, I'm ready to list my house. So can you come over and let's talk about getting this on the market? So I think just creating consistency of your brand, of your, you know, how you're branding yourself, how you want to show up. I think the first thing you need to get in place is who are you? How do you want to speak to the market? And then have that be consistent in your signage, in your postcards, in your e-newsletter. So the message is getting out there. They're seeing the same thing and you are um, consistent. It's not an e-newsletter once in six months. It's that it's going to hit on a certain date every single month, and then there's going to be an article of interest. Then there's going to be a market report. So I think the faster that you do that um, and are consistent with your message and your audience out there, I would say you could build a pretty good business doing it that way and get up to speed pretty quickly in two to three years. Mm -hmm. Carolyn, one thing it sounds like you did well, and most realtors don't do this. I was fortunate enough to do this, but I had an advantage. I'd, I was in the mortgage business for about eight years before I got into real estate. So I understood from day one, the importance of a database, the importance mm -hmm. of staying in touch with that database. Yeah. To be fair, I didn't do that in the mortgage world. In, in 2003, when I got into the mortgage biz, and you, I'd, I'd be curious if you did, Tucker. I mean, I'd I was closing transactions and I wasn't necessarily keeping in touch with those people systematically, but I did that with real estate and um, it has been a huge blessing for my business. It sounds like you did that because it sounds like from, you said earlier that immediately you were setting up an e-newsletter, you were setting up the 33 touches per year to, to stay in contact with those people. My yeah. experience is most realtors, when they first get in the business, are so consumed with staying in the business. Meaning, mm -hmm. in other words, they're so concerned with, like, like you said, Tucker, you know, I, I, I'm gonna try to make it, right? And so they're trying to get transactions and, and all they're thinking about is, you know, that next paycheck and how, to, it's not until they've been in the business sometimes three to five, six years 
and they're looking around going, I guess I'm going to be in this business for a while and I should probably start talking to the people that I close transactions with. And so they're calling up people who they haven't talked to in five years sometimes. Right. And, um, and, and, and they're going, and they're going and they're going, okay, now where, what system should I use to go keep in touch with these people? And where's all their emails and where's all their addresses? And so you, you did that from the beginning and, and you, it's a testament to where you are today. Absolutely. You know, one, one thing to add on that and as far as expediting your success is I was told at a previous company, literally, that you needed to have 38 transactions a year before you need to consider an assistant or a transaction coordinator alongside of you. Um, I was told some other things about opinions about teams, which I don't need to share. But one of the things I knew inherently was that was ridiculous. And also the other comment was, uh, you need to wear all hats. So I took on an assistant who is still with me. Becky Woody is with me today, thank God. Um, I took her on early on. I think I was at that point when I was reinventing the business, I was maybe 18 transactions. It also wasn't the height of the market, but I took on Becky right away as part-time because I knew one, I don't like paperwork. That's not my superpower. That's not where I shine. She's so much better at that than me. And I needed to be out there in front of people interfacing and doing the 20% that's income producing activity. So that's another thing that I would say is taking on at bare minimum, a transaction coordinator, which what costs 300, 350 bucks a transaction that you pay when you're done, when you're already paid. So taking most great salespeople are not good at paperwork and organizational things. So having that person take all the paperwork off your back, assist you with streamlining that those systems because they're good at it, then you can stay out there active and interfacing with your people. So I took on that assistant early on and I knew that I knew what my superpower, I knew what I was good at and where I should be, where my talent shined, and I knew where I was weak and quickly aligned myself with outsourcing those things that I don't like, I'm not good at it, and that would literally be a ball and chain for me moving forward and doing business. Mm -hmm. You know what's funny is, I mean, it's not funny. It, I mean, maybe there's some irony here, but when you first were going to get into the business, you were going to get into it for the exact opposite, right? Um, you were going to get in it to, to help with the paperwork and with those things. And oh, then, right, right. <laughs> and you discovered, obviously, that you it's not necessarily your superpower, right? Your superpower is the personal interaction and the selling and the income producing part of the business, as you mentioned. So it's funny now that you've transitioned to that's where you focus all your time, which is a testament to the fact that you run your business like a business. But back then you got into it to do the exact opposite of what you're doing now. So it's kind of a maturation process too, I suppose. Yeah. And, and Carolyn, the one th I, I a thousand percent agree with you. I too had an assistant almost immediately in, in, in the business. Um, the, the, the worst paperwork that ever happened on my team was when I was doing it. <laughs> and that only <laughs> happened for about two months. My, my right. reviewing broker almost killed me. Um, <laughs> but, but you said something that I think can't be understated. You said, it's not what I love to do, right? 
if you, and, and I've always believed this, if you take the parts of the business that you don't love to do and you delegate them, guess what you're lo- left with? A job you love. And guess what, how liberating that is. Guess how good you will be at that job when you love it, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. So oftentimes people ask me, they go, you know, I want to hire an assistant. What should I give them? Everything you don't love doing. Start there. Whatever you don't like doing, delegate it. And you will quickly find yourself. And generally speaking, if you're a successful realtor, that is not going to be, nor should it be, the the um the the lead generation, right? You shouldn't delegate that. And if you do, you're probably going to find yourself in a bad spot quickly because that person, if they start realizing they can get the leads in the door, is going to leave you. But um, that's not usually how it plays out. It's usually paperwork. It's usually database management. It's usually you know, some behind the scenes components of the business. Um, I wanted to also say one other thing. I've recently read a book twice that I think our listeners should look into. It's, it is about systems. Mm-hmm. It's called Atomic Habits. Have you has yes. anyone heard of it? Yes, I've read that. Read it's it an awesome book. It's an awesome book. Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. It made me, you made me think about it, Tucker, because you asked her the question, when did you, um, what was the question you said? When did you realize you had, oh, oh when does, when does a snow, the, snow, the snowball start pulling itself? I would say, first of all, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a monumental day, like one day, you, one day it's not, and then the next day you wake up and it's all of a sudden pulling itself. It's kind of a slow progressing process. But um, part of it, Tucker, has to do with your identity of, of yourself. Yes. I, I was talking to a new agent recently and he's new to the business. And every time he's talking to a client, he's talking about what he's, he's talking about his past career. He's, he, and, and, and it's not just clients. Every, basically, his, he, was in the, um, he was in the motorcycle, Harley Davidson world for 30 years. W- right? Weren't you as well? If I, remember. <laughs> I, I, I was there two years. <laughs> um, and uh, he, he, was, he was very successful in that world. He's one of the best salespeople I've ever um, encountered. To be fair, he's uh, he was a general manager to a, of the, the the dealership over there by um, I, I think I know this fine gentleman yes. <laughs> by Washington Square. But every conversation he's having, he 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 draws back on the motorcycle world. He goes, "Oh, one time when I, you know that," and I I said to him, "I said, Mike, you know that's great. If you want to do that, I get it. It's it's what you know now. But there will come a day in the future, and it will be a big day for you." Just remember I told you this was coming, where most of your stories are going to be about real estate, and your identity is going to be firmly implanted in real estate, and no longer back there. And when that happens, I think that's a big day um, for, for anybody in the business. I remember that specifically myself when I got my real estate license. I remember feeling like I was a mortgage guy with a real estate license. <laughs> I, I remember feeling that day one, day two, day three, but then there, but then there came this time and it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a crazy long time. I, I want to say six, eight, nine months where I started looking at people in the mortgage world and that looked different to me mm-hmm. and foreign. And this felt like home and this felt like my identity. 
Um, and that was a big day. Atomic Habits talks a lot about identity. It talks a lot about um, habits. One example I'll give that I recently appreciated. I've never been great about calling my database. I've stayed in touch with my database, but it hasn't been phone calls, right? Mm -hmm. So we've recently done this thing on our team where every Monday in the afternoon for several hours is call night where all of us are in the office, all the agents are in the office, we do a huddle before and we do a huddle afterwards, and we go to our individual offices and we have client lists, and we're calling past clients, we're touching base, we're saying hi, wishing them a happy year, telling them we've got referral sources for anything they need on their house. By forcing ourselves to do that in a habitual manner, it has changed my identity, it's changing my identity and continuing to change my identity that I'm a person who stays in touch with my clients. Mm -hmm. I'm a person who's not transactional, but I'm there for them for the long haul. Right. And it actually impacts now current clients. When I'm going to a showing or I'm going to a listing appointment, my identity to myself is now as somebody who's going to be around for a long time with this client. And I really care about my clients because I actually call my clients after the after the fact so the the book atomic habits talks a lot about this stuff and really really good book um for our listeners out there um Absolutely. carolyn let's let's move on let's talk about your team yes um tell us how many you have on your team how's it structured what were some of your first hires i think you talked about that a little bit and uh just t tell us in general a little bit about that Yes, absolutely. So first hire, um, as I mentioned, was Becky Woody. She is now my director of operations. Um, she is also um, does my marketing. She's my personal assistant. She oversees um, tra our transaction coordinator that specifically is um, kind of a concierge service for our buyer's agents. But first hire was Becky. Um, then uh, my coach kind of had to push me over the fence and um, to get me to hire the first buyer's agent. I knew right out of the gates I needed the assistant, but being as tenacious as I am, I guess, can be a bit of a demise because I got this, I got this, I can do this. Um, but finally, uh, I took on the first buyer's agent and could see how much more I could do and actually, I love the listing side. I love working with sellers. I still am in the trenches besides running the team. So that that worked out really great. So what year did you hire your buyer's agent, Carolyn? Um, well, what year was I shoved into it? Uh, 2013 was <laughs> okay. when I hired my yeah. first buyer's agent and have never looked back. But there was some uh, you know, maneuvering and finding my way with that. Um, before I added full on the second buyer's agent, I tried to work with a, a, a showing agent, as we say, to support the buyer's agent. Um, that just didn't work out well. Um, I had a, then I had a couple of buyer's agents. And um, so there was some maneuvering with finding, um, I, I would say they were all talent of the buyer's agents that I had but finding the right fit for the culture that I wanted to create within my business and my team, and then finding the right fit for what did their individual goals and what they wanted to do in real estate line up with the teams and with my goals as a leader. And um, a, a few hires it was not. So 
um, got to the second buyer's agent and uh, have had her with us, what, three years now. Um, and then in between, I, I would say almost simultaneously, I hired the um, transaction coordinator or buyer's uh, agent admin person. So she exclusively works with them, taking again the paperwork off their back, setting up the timelines, running the systems. So again, my thought and my, if I've hired right and I have talent in the right places with the right disc or personality uh, uh, code, um, then I need two great admin people that are good at organization and paperwork. And I want three salespeople, including myself, that are good interfacing with their clients and out there going through this, the transaction with, um, with our people. Mm -hmm. so that's so, five. Yeah, five. You have five people? Including myself. Including yourself. How many licensed? Three? We're all licensed. All licensed. All licensed. All licensed. Yes. Do all do real estate activities like showing homes and or um, act, do you all have RMLS lockbox access? Uh, no, no, we do not. My admin, my admin folks do not. Um, but the reason that I have them all licensed is because I want them to be able to pick up the phone and have those concierge customer service conversations. So yeah. if my seller is not able to get a hold of me <laughs> in an appointment, then they can simply call up Becky and say, Hey, I have a question regarding this paperwork. Or Gina can call up and say, Hey, thank you so much for our transaction. Here's what's next is going to happen. So we have that additional care and concierge service layered between our admin people embellishing what we do. Uh, gotcha. A couple other questions for you, Carolyn. Do you show homes very often? Um, I show homes to support my buyer's agents if they are with another client or out of town or sick. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I don't show homes. I'm working on my List sellers. Seller Listings. Care. Got it. Do you go to every listing appointment? I go to every listing appointment. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's her superpower, Steve. Steve yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta be, right? So, yeah. You gotta be a master of the living room in this yeah. business. You gotta own the living room. Yes. It's so true. <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um one one thing I love about having a team, Carolyn, and, and you may you may re re relate to this. I don't go to many showings, but I can jump in and out of that world when I want to. Mm -hmm. And I love that. By having buyers agents. Um, and even if I go to a showing, generally speaking, my buyer's agents there, mm -hmm. like, like we had, we had, um, a, uh, Bay area million plus buyer in town looking in Northwest Portland last week. And, um, and Casey price on my team was the, the buyer's agent for that one. And, um, I, she set it up and I, and I said, I'm going to pop in for several of those appointments. And, um, and, and I just, I just, I, I enjoy that process. I, I like to go to showings. I, it is a, it does round you out even as a, as a listing agent, it kind of helps. It's cool to see other people's listings, what they're doing, what, you know, how they're pricing them, what their staging looks like, what their presentation looks like. Um, and what their marketing looks like. So I enjoy that process, but it's nice to not be forced into that process. It's nice to have a team that leverages you so that you can choose when to go in and out of that process. Sure. Um, let, me, let me just segue there in respect that 
we do part of our system on the buy side is that we always do a formal buyer's consultation. So whether it's we're meeting at a place of convenience for them or bringing them into our office, I want that first interface with every single buyer so that I can be there and showing us as a team that they're not just getting a single agent, that I'm also there to support them, that my buyer's agent is first and foremost, but I wanna be part of that initial conversation with them, that first time meet and greet, however that looks, usually in a more formal setting, so that they know that they have a team supporting them and that I am there as well. Yeah, no, great point, great point. And by the way, that brings up another question, Carolyn, that I wanted to ask. Are you, do, do you work out of an office on a day in and day out basis? A, a physical like company office? Obviously a home office is not what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I do hold an office. I do have an office uh, up, uh, up in the West Hills, but I, I mostly am working from my home office, but we like that as an option since I do have a team. Some team members have really small children at home and it's just obviously distracting with baby crying when they're trying to do their place of business. We like a formal spot for consultations. So I do have a formal office space. Yeah. But you're, most of the time you're at home, uh, your team members are in the office frequently, it sounds like? We all, we all use that as an, as an option and as an opportunity, you know, when it's not working well in our home space. We're all independent contractors. We all yeah. do have home offices, but yeah. that's a, an opportunity for us. It's probably a good meeting place too, whenever yeah. you have team meetings and so on and so forth. Yeah. I can attest to having two small children and needing to get the hell out of the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yes, yes. Um, what do you, what few things do you like best about having a team and what are the greatest challenges about having a team, Carolyn? Well, I think what the, what I love about having a team is besides, you know, the support, it's, it's really your second family. And I really, I know it's cliche, but we are, we are better together. I mean, as I was just sharing, I've been very strategic and very thoughtful, um, hire slowly, fire quickly, you know, we stay in our industry. So I had to learn along the way, but I was very thoughtful about who I filled in those positions and what my superpower was and what it was not. And so they offset my weakness. Obviously, you know, the story of uh, two, uh, two horses are, you know, pulling four versus just two. So obviously we're able to serve better and um, work at a higher level, but you, that really is um, a system of where you can, in-house intimately bounce ideas off each other brainstorm together have different perspectives both um they all come from different backgrounds uh my second buyer's agent was a uh, finance manager at cooney she was um a manager of uh Saks fifth avenue so they bring marketing and advertising experience. My first lead buyer's agent ran with, a, with another team and on his own. So they bring their experience and their knowledge and we can bounce ideas off when you know, a challenge comes up because in this industry, as you know, every transaction is different. There's, there's always an unknown. There's always a wild card that comes up uh, just when you think you know everything, you don't. 
Just like yeah. Steve talked about it before we recorded this show. There's always, <laughs> <laughs> there's always a curveball. Yeah, especially yeah there's there. always yeah. a curveball. And, you know, the second part of your question is, well, what is the challenge of having a team? I think first and foremost is building the right team, the right team for you, for your culture, and um, filling the right positions and, and having talent. And then what are you going to do to keep talent and um, help them grow you know, within your business and with your team. And that means you have to be a leader. And so that's one thing that I've been very focused on in the last year is, well, how do I show up? What does a leader mean? How do I show up and fill that role, not only for myself and, and be able to identify myself as a leader, but how now I have a responsibility because these people raised their hand and said that they will support and align with me and my goals and their goals. Now I have a very large, uh, very large shoes to fill in leading them to help them build their goals and, and make that, um, you know, our, our goals as an entirety. And sliding back to your book, you were mentioning on habits. Well, what is the habits of a leader? So I've been you know, spending a, a significant amount of time. There's, you know, Simon Sinek out there has lots of conversations and books on leadership. And um, that's one of the reasons you've seen me at the gym early in the morning, because how you show up in one area is how you generally show up in other areas. So if I, you know, look for the slight edge in my health, in my uh, mental toughness, and um, just my my overall well-being and am i always growing am i looking in the mirror and saying hey is there something else not in a defeating way but is there something that i see that's not on my top of my game it's you know how do i top, top shelf that not only for myself for a bigger life but for everybody on my team Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. The, uh, the, the only other thing I'll add, I love everything you said about um, the, the, the great parts of having a team. The, the one thing that I love personally is the camaraderie. We talked yeah. earlier in the show about how difficult this business is, how much rejection we face. Um, it is so nice to have, when we have those challenging clients, those challenging sellers, those challenging buyers, it, there is no substitute for a team member to share that, those challenges with. Anybody who's a solo agent, I, I don't care who your spouse is, it's never going to be the same sharing with them. If you go home and go, you're not going to believe what this buyer did. You're not going to believe what this seller did. It will never be the same as having a team member right there with you every step of the way who you guys can look at each other and go, oh my gosh, do you believe this? And then and years later, you'll talk about it. And, and the same is true of wins, good things that happened. I mean, um, to, to be able to share that as well is, is very rewarding. So that's one of the things I love about having a team. Let, no. Let's wrap up with this, Carolyn. I've got two, two questions. What are your goals for the future? Let's start with that one real quick. Sure. And, and we're talking business related, of course. And then I'm going to ask you about some personal you know, activities and we'll, sure. we'll be done after that. Sure, absolutely. Well, our, our team goal, just as far as um, 2020, um, is that uh, we are committed to um, serving and helping 110 families uh, this year. So that is our, our overriding team goal, as well as, as what I was just talking about. We're all committed, um, you know, when we're, when we're this close and like a second family, we're all, we all have health goals um, that, and a lot, and um, 
building and we're learning based in, um, and um, we're growth based and learning progressive. So we all have goals of what are the classes that we're gonna be taking, what are the books that we're gonna be reading, what are the podcasts that we're gonna be uh, listening to. We're always looking for the slight edge so that we can be better, so that we can better serve. Awesome, awesome. And then last question for you, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up here. I know one of you outside of real estate activities that's going to the gym and you are very dedicated. I, 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 you're there far more often than I am. What other activities and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself outside of real estate. Sure. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, I have two boys, uh, one who's 16 and one who's 12. And so um, one of my main goals personally is to get my 16 year old to actually graduate from Lake Oswego High School. So <laughs> that, is, that in itself is taking um, that lifting and that training with my Darden American Gladiator trainer that you see me with in there. Yeah. That is helping me um, get the 16 year old through high school. Um, but Good no, time. I spend time with my boys. I do some some vacations and some trips uh, with them throughout the year. That's another thing I'd like to put in those rewards of those trips. We just went to uh, Maui in January together as a family. So putting in place those rewards, you know, whether it's a, a short trip or a big trip or whatever it is that... Uh, you know, you love, that's really important to put those down as part of your business plan along the way. So we do that. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm kind of a, a, a book uh, junkie and um, I'm always just looking for um, what I don't know. Um, what, do, what do I need to know that I don't know? I just came back from a real estate conference in Dallas that was just a fire hose of information. As we learn about real estate in this business, it's not always the book work of, oh, well, how do I do a listing presentation or how do I um, uh, you know, build out my database? A lot of that is mindset, is how, you know, how do I um, wrap my head around when we get those rejections? Um, you know, how do I embrace it? What's the opportunity in this instead of, you know, it's failure again. So I do a lot of things around that. I do a lot of reflection and um, I love my home. It's a, a retreat like space for me. Um, I can be outside of, you know, real estate. Sometimes I just, often I want to just be here and enjoy uh, my space that I get to enjoy. So um, uh, training, becoming better, learning more and um, keeping uh, my kids moving forward in hopefully their success in life. Awesome. Well, you're very growth focused. I can, I can, I can see that. So. It's very obvious to me why she runs a very successful business, Steve. Very obvious. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Well, Carolyn, thank you so, so much. I, I, I truly appreciate it. I'm glad you uh, gave me grief that day at the gym <laughs> about being on my phone um, and introduced fun. yourself. And, um, this was, this was very, very good. And I, I know our listeners will benefit tremendously from the wisdom and from your example and your, your dedication to growth and improved self-improvement in all aspects of your life. So thank well, you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, thank you, Tucker too. Thank you for having me on the show. 
and um, it's uh, inspiring uh, to learn from you guys too. You're obviously out there killing it and you've been doing it for a long time. And um, so thank you for letting me be a part of the conversation today. Well, we appreciate having you in, you know, just for clarification, we do take some losses too. So we, we get some wins, <laughs> we get some losses, but we keep moving forward, right? Just like you. So just like everybody else. You know, it just keeps us tough. If we tumble and we bounce, we just get tougher. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm pretty tough from all those bounces. Yeah, I tell you. <laughs> me too. Right. Let me I just tell you. you yeah. I bet you are. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up episode 109. Hopefully you guys, well, I know you guys enjoyed it. Thanks again to Carolyn. Steve, right. signing you. off. Till next time. Bye now. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.